If you don't take anything else from this podcast, right? If you like walk away and you're like, I, there's so many things she said, I don't even know where to start. Number one is, is that if you can stay calm when your child is in distress and meet their needs, that's gonna like take you so far relationally. And the other thing is, is to delight in your child's preciousness, right? We are a very performance driven society and our kids often feel bad about themselves because they're not meeting those expectations. And so what we want is think about the way that we delight with babies, delight in their preciousness. They don't do anything but like cry and like <laughs> drool and all the things, yeah. right? But we delight in their preciousness. Yeah. And the other thing is we stay calm, right? And meet needs. everyone. I want to welcome you today to Arise Single Moms and what we have in store for you is so great. It hits every single mom or every mom out there and I am so thrilled to talk to you about it today. We are talking about little people with big emotions and that may be true of your household but the cool thing about it is today we have somebody with us and I'll go ahead and tell you her name is Amber Given and this is true that have you ever had somebody in your life that when they talk, you listen? Well, that's Amber given to me. When she talks, I listen. Our single moms listen. She's been just a panel discussion teacher, breakout session teacher. We've used her in so many ways over the years. She's extremely wise, a counselor of, how many years did you say, 23, 23 years? 23 now. Girl. I can't believe it. I can't either. That that means you know a few things. <laughs> a couple things. Well, give us some today. <laughs> but anyway, I, I do want you to meet Amber. So, Amber, welcome. We're so glad you're with us today. I'm Pam Keneally, by the way, and I have with me... Mel Hyatt. Okay, sorry, Mel. No, that's we, fine. We just had to include you in there. When she said she's been doing this for 23 years, I said, wow, that's how old I am. Yeah. Okay. And she's yeah. been doing it my whole life. <laughs> yeah, not, right. Not. But anyway, not true. Not true. Amber, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm just so, so thrilled. I mean, people, it's taken us a while to get her in here. I mean, it has. It has. So this is a big deal. Uh, Amber, um, welcome, welcome, welcome Thank again you. to Arise Single Moms. And um, I just want to ask you, can you tell us something about you, your family, or something you would like our single moms to know? Sure. So I have uh, two amazing kids. One is 24 and the other one is 31. And I just love any time we get to spend with them. And uh, a great husband who loves baseball as much as I do. And so we we spend a lot of our our uh, time vacationing, running after the MLB. <laughs> okay. I was just telling you, it. my son just had baseball tryouts this week, and we're now officially on two teams. So if you would like to go to local games. I would love to. I yes. have many of them for yes. you. That is awesome. Well, you I will just no a longer, special friendship right here. Yeah. I will no longer. I do not have a life in spring other than that. So That's so that's great. Fine. Well. Well, so we're talking about big feelings today, which mm -hmm. I shared with you before the podcast that we had a lot of big feelings in our house this week mm -hmm. as he was being put to the test and tryouts. So I am kind of over emotions at this point, if I'm honest with mm -hmm. you, Amber, but I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's just start with what are some big feelings that our kids are facing today mm -hmm. that you're seeing? So 
when people show up in the office, I think the one of the biggest things is fear. Mm. There's a lot of fear and anxiety today. And it also ramped up post-COVID. So we saw kind of like this increase in anxiety and fear prior to COVID, then COVID, and just the hope that we could get through it and get out of it. And then post-COVID, there's still a lot of fear and anxiety. There's a lot of hopelessness, right? Mm. Um, and so it's just really hard on our, our little people. Um, the other thing is confusion. Mm. There's so much out there. There's so much happening. They're really confused about what's what's really happening. Um, and then there's a couple more I wanted to share with you all is like this this level of shame that a lot of our kids are carrying. Mm. There's a lot of, if we look at social media and we look at all of the information coming in, um, our kids are always like kind of um, being asked to, to, to compete and compare and they're very critical of themselves. And so there's just this, uh, just all of this, um, input from the world. And as a result, they're walking like in low self-worth and shame because they cannot figure out truth. Mm. Mm, that's a good one. You know, that's kind of, <clears throat> you answer a little bit. What I want to know a little bit more about is why do kids have big emotions and get overwhelmed? You talked about today and shame and fear and hopelessness, but there's also probably lack of emotional awareness. They don't know to ask, or, I mean, what about the kids that are really don't even, aren't even aware, but they're overwhelmed? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that one of the things that we know is that when we have parents or caregivers who are okay with emotions and feelings, our kids are going to be more aware of it. So one of the things that we've, we've done historically as human beings is when we have a big feeling, we've tried to just get those feelings to go away. Mm. Then what happens is our feelings are actually showing up to tell us something and they're welcome to be here, but maybe not be so big. And so we actually need to listen to them and figure out what's going on because most often um, there's fear driving that that behavior or that would, feeling. Would you say that again? Because I thought that was really powerful yes. that our feelings are showing up. What did you say to tell yeah, us? Yeah, our feelings are showing up to tell us something. And if we listen, they will calm. It's when mm -hmm. we don't and we try to get them to go away that they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay. Yeah. You know, what, what about a mom who says, um, how do I read my child to know if they're having big emotions? I mean, what are some signs that they could look for if yeah. they don't want to share them? Yeah. So of course it's like tearfulness. Some of the really obvious ones, tearfulness, um, shutting down. Um, you kind of look at two different things like acting out or having some intense behaviors or shutting down and kind of like trying to avoid and go away um, and just kind of disassociate from what's really happening. So they can kind of, they can watch for those things. Um, Kids, uh, kids also need like a basic foundation for feelings. And so when we think about our littles, we're going to introduce like happy, sad, mad, right? And, and it's going to be really important for parents to also narrate or name what they think might be happening. What might be happening is you're feeling very sad because I said no to that. Um, it's likely that, and so it starts with just an introduction of basic feelings when they're little, mm -hmm. and then expand the, that vocabulary, and then also um, just really get them to understand what's happening by narrating what's happening in that moment. So what you're saying is, moms at an early age can be looking intentional, like in, that's intentional parenting, I guess, mm -hmm. looking for the emotion and the child doesn't say it, but they say something like, so that probably makes you feel sad. So they bring up the emotion. I guess that helps yes. the child begin to self-regulate yes. their own emotions. Yeah. And so it's called name it to tame it, okay. right? Like yeah. we name it to tame it. That's a TBRI oh, like or trust-based relational intervention mm. strategy. Name it. Name it to tame it. To tame it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I like think that. that's so good for, you were mentioning that 
So I have a child that I have the two opposites of what you said, and I have one that will retreat. So I would notice that something was wrong with him when he acted like nothing was wrong, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But he would not really want to be around as much, just other people. He does that retreating thing, even just when he's a little stressed or worrying about something. So for him, I really had to pay attention to not so much what he was doing, but what he wasn't mm-hmm. doing. What he wasn't doing. And he needs a lot of help naming things. I was, I, we were sharing a little bit before we started, but my little guy can tell me exactly like the percentage of anxiety he's having. But my oldest is just like so unaware of his emotions that treasure hunting almost and digging to the core of like, okay, what is really happening was, and I didn't do it well all of the time. Cause that just takes a lot of energy and margin. And I was a single mom when he was little. So I guess I have some mom guilt about that right yes, now. Oh, Pam. Maybe we should, our counselors here for 23 <laughs> years. Let's just, let's lay it out. Pam and I talk a lot about mom guilt. So. <laughs> you know what we say, um, where I work is that you don't know what you know until you know it. Yeah. And when you know better, it takes time to apply it. Oh, and say so, that again. Yeah. So you don't know what you know until you know it. And then when you know it, it takes time to apply it. So just yeah. because I know it and just because doesn't mean I'm actually going to do it. Right. So it takes repetition and practice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do love that. So sorry, that. firstborns. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do love that. You know, Amber, you have kids that come in, that families that, that you know, pay you for kids to come in that are having big emotions, and maybe there's triggers that, that makes a big emotion for a child, but the mom doesn't know it's a trigger. So how do you, how does a mom know if there's a trigger that's causing these big emotions? Well, you're going to look at um, kind of what you were saying earlier, which is like, my son is not doing the things that he normally does. So you're going to look at patterns, right? Mm -hmm. And I also think about like, in terms of, um, you know, first time is an incident, twice as a coincidence, three times as a pattern. So after a while, say that again, yeah, once is an incident, Mm -hmm. twice is a coincidence, three times as a pattern. So if I bring something up in session, right, and a little kid says, Oh, look, Miss Amber, you have a Barbie. And then I say it again. And they're like, look, there's a noise outside like okay all of a sudden and then a third time is the pattern there's some avoidance happening right Mm -hmm. so you're just going to look for um what what doesn't fit their normal routine what doesn't fit their normal kind of way of being Okay. Wow. Yeah. She's given a lot of good. I know we're going to keep liners. saying repeat I'm gonna, that. I'm going to go back that. and take notes, you know, so that's awesome. So you sort of taught us how to recognize those feelings, those emotions. Where is the best place for a single mom to start if she wants to help her child learn how to manage those? Now I've recognized it. Now right. How do we manage right. it? So the first thing is, is the mom has to be able to model what she's expecting of her children. Uh-oh. I cannot ask my children <laughs> to go to a place that I'm not able to go to myself. Hmm. So number one is I have to be able to stay calm and model that and or, right, if I have another feeling, I have to be able to name it and talk to them about what I'm, what's happening, right? So right now I'm feeling very sad. Um, I know that this is, you know, this is going to pass. Um, I think I'm going to, you know, hmm. go get a hug and that'll help me feel better. So kind of like, laying out um, and, and and what we're really wanting moms to do is we're really wanting them to to use their words and encourage their kids to use their words mm-hmm. right so, so if so, so if I don't have a voice yeah if I'm not seen heard and valued and I don't have a voice I can't I mean nothing's going to happen right so we have to start with making sure our ke- kids are seen heard and valued modeling the things that we want them to do and um, yeah that's a great place to st- to start okay. so you have to go beyond saying what's wrong right 
Right. And you have to be a good detective, right? Yeah. So you also have to be a good detective. And I think it's really interesting because sometimes we think that, you know, if we think about the energy in our body, um, it's driven by two things. It's driven by natural energy and it's driven by emotions, right? And so if I'm watching my child not do well, it may not be feelings. I may think it's feelings, but it might be it's too loud in here. It's too bright in here. So I also think that we also have to look at sensory pieces to tease out what is, what are our kids you know, if they're needing more to feel calm, if they're needing less, if they're sensory seeking or sensory avoiding, that's the other piece. So I think sometimes people get really confused. They think their kids are feeling very overwhelmed with big emotions and it might be a sensory. So right. we've noticed a big increase with sensory needs in the community. Explain what that means. So it's the way that our brain and body make sense of our world. So it's sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. Um, and so it's what helps us um, feel regulated, what helps us feel calm, what... Um, what we can tolerate, what we cannot tolerate. And every person has sensory preferences. But I think it's really important for parents to be good detectives and figure out, is this feelings or is this sensory? Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, at least with my boys and their friends, they're very aware of this. This generation is... I've, I've had a conversation with my son even when he was younger going, I just have a little bit of sensory overload right now. Like, I just need to... He told me the other day, I need to decompress for a little bit before we talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought... That actually sounds really healthy. I should do that, you know? And so he had asked me, can I, when I get home, can I just like lay down for a little bit before we talk about my day? Um, And I'm just like, look at this little, these, these kids are like figuring these things out. And, And it's because of people like you, Amber, that have hopefully taught them and their peers and the parents. And so, goodness. One of the things that I love that I just heard is that your child was able to name it and identify something that would help and then used words to negotiate his needs, which is really powerful. That's one of the things that we want our kids to be able to do. If we want our kids to be well-regulated, again, it goes back to using their voice and negotiating their needs with respect. Yeah. And don't you think as a mom, and I have not done this perfect every time, just in the scenarios that I talk about on the podcast, do I like to talk about when I did things right? (laughs) But don't you think we can also in that moment, I could have taken a little bit of fence to that and thought, well, I've been waiting all day for you to get home Sure, Mm -hmm. Um, and to allow them to have those moments too, I think could be really important. Absolutely. Hold space for that and be curious, not furious. Oftentimes we're taking things very personally, not furious, but we want to be curious about Mm -hmm. what's happening in front of us. Right. I love that. I need to be curious, not furious. furious. (laughs) You know what? You talk a lot about co, I mean, what's it called? Self-regulation. Mm-hmm. And, and your son was doing that. And so often moms will, well, the child will say something and then they take it personally. And then it's not, they're not co-regulating, helping them. They're, they're es- co-escalating. They're, yeah. they're just getting upset about it. And, and so talk to the moms about once your child blurts something out, you know, they're trying to express this big emotion about what the mom's response should be as far as validating their feelings or mm-hmm. even though she's about to blow up, just talk to her. Mom, listen, if you're listening today and your child has told you something and you're, it's mulling around in your mind, Amber's going to tell you how to deal with it. Yes. So the first thing is, is that all feelings are okay. And I mm. think one of the things that I did as a mom early on was I didn't want people to have negative big feelings. And so I would try to shut it down and move it along, right? Like you had a bad day. Let's go get an ice cream. It's like, no, let's, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry you had a bad day. So first of all, we want to lean in and we want to validate. We really want to be able to hold space for our kids, right? We also want to give them permission to 
not to be not okay, right? It's okay to, to not mm-hmm. be okay. And also that feelings, you know, as old as I am and as long as I have done this work, I know that feelings are going to come and go like an ocean wave, right? Um, our kids don't know that. They think it's going to stay with them mm-hmm. for good. And so just reminding them that, you know, I'm so sorry that you're hurting, really validate it. What do you need? How can I help you? That's the other thing. Sometimes moms want to jump right in and fix it. Mm-hmm. And what yes. our kids need is they just need us to listen. And so sometimes just even asking that question, what do you need? How can I help you? I've even said to my kids, um, are you wanting a response from me or do you need me to listen? What do you need and how can I help you? Right. And that's going to really help them feel that seen, heard and valued. I have a voice. Mm-hmm. What's happening is really important and you're able to hold space for me. Mm. I love that. You know, when I was a single mom, I think back on, I was hurting personally and I'm going to ask you a question about that in a minute, but I was hurting personally and just trying to put on a happy face and be positive for the kids and create the atmosphere in the home where they could feel safe. And, but, but I, I didn't want, my son would come back from the weekend, maybe with his dad or whatever. And, um, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to, um, because I was hurting, I, I didn't want to hear that he was hurting. So we'd just kind of, just kind of blow it under the, push it under the carpet. Yeah. But you're saying don't do that. You're saying they need to talk about their emotions and their feelings. And, yes. And you need to present a way that they can, they can do that. Yeah. You know, which leads me to my next question. Well, can I is, follow up with that real quick? Yes. So I think there's really something important about balance with this, which is I want to model healthy expression and the handling of emotions. I also don't want to do it in a way that makes my child responsible or feel like they have to carry my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a real balance of this. You want to be authentic, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to like overburden your your kids. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, it was a question I was leading into or what are some conversation starters to get your child to start talking, you know, like um, to where where the mom is not um, like holding it back or she's afraid to hear what he's going to say because it'll make her feel worse or, you know, she's got work to do on herself. But but what are some conversation start, starters to get your child to open up and start talking a little bit? So the first thing, and, and this is going to seem really like off in the wrong direction, but follow me if you will. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to be playful and fun and connect with our kids. Because if we're always so serious and we're always problem solving and we're always talking through these things, right, we have to have money in the bank to then make a withdrawal, right? So what we have to do is we we have to invest in our kids in a way that makes them feel really um, loved and valued and appreciated, seen, heard, and valued. Like we talk about that repeatedly or repeatedly. Um, and so we start there. And when our kids feel like we're connecting with them in ways and they're meaningful to us, they're going to be more open to, to open up and share things. I, You're really great at that, Mel, with your kids. Oh, You're so Pam, great. With, thank you. No, you are. She's really great at having fun with them and relating to them and in their world. And then she'll zap them with something. I sure <laughs> do. I'm going to zap you. No, I was about to say, I went back to a place when I used to have to drive an hour and a half um, that's where uh, my boys, to pick my boys up after they had spent the summer at their dad's, it was an hour and a half away. And so that hour and a half car ride at first, I realized I was interrogating them and I didn't mean for it to be that way, but they had been at their dad's for 45 days and I wanted to know every single thing, you know, how many times did you brush your Mm -hmm. teeth? Did anyone Mm -hmm. hurt your feelings? Mm -hmm. And um, that was not working. 
for any of us. And just because we just happened to switch at a Chick-fil-A the very next time, right when they got in the car, I said, are you guys hungry? And they're always hungry. Mm-hmm. They never say no. Mm-hmm. Or if they do, then I know there's some a huge problem, Amber. And so we started, we would just do that. And then they would naturally start talking. And I didn't feel like I had to ask any questions. And I have now moved that over after we're just talking about baseball after a baseball game, whether it's good or bad, because my little emotional giant gets in the car. I just say, are you hungry? (laughs) And now he knows, uh, not too long ago, he got in the car after a scrimmage and he goes, yes, I'm hungry. (laughs) So he knew that question was coming, but that's a little space that I had to give sort of to answer your thing that I, it wasn't even necessarily playful, but I know my boys love to eat and they Mm -hmm. will talk when they're eating. Um, so I use food a lot to get to feelings Yeah, Mm -hmm. and food and feelings. See the need, meet the need, right? So your kids get in the car, see see the the need, need, meet the the need. need. And all this is like, I would love to take credit for all this, but most of this is trust-based relational intervention. Yeah. Right? It was a therapy that was born out of um, the desire to serve kids who've been in foster care or who've been adopted. Okay. But we f- find that it's just actually like being a good human being and being a really good parent. So okay. I'll, I'll quote them all day long. So I love that. Yeah. So I think see the need, meet the need. And so one of the things that's happening is, is if you get, if your child gets in the car or comes home to talk about or to, and you're curious about what happened when they were visiting the other parent, like it becomes like an interrogation, right? Instead of like relational and connected and fun. Yeah. And when they feel safe and they feel connected to you, they're going to share. Yeah. Right. And that was the problem because I had big emotions when they got in the car. I missed them. I was hurt. I was afraid. There were all of these big emotions. So I, a question that I wanted to ask you was, what what do I do? What does a mom do if her big emotions are keeping her from handling her kids' big emotions? Because yeah. if I'm honest and I I hate when I have to be honest on a podcast. You must. I know. <laughs> Maybe this is Pam talking. Um, if I'm honest, Mel, uh, when my boys got in the car, I was probably processing out all of my feelings, which were trumped really how they felt. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what had happened. Mm-hmm. And if I was a better parent than he was, and if they had more fun there than with me or, you know, and I hate that. Yeah. Um, But that was my reality that my emotions were so big when they were getting back in the car. That makes so much sense that it would be. And Mm -hmm. and if we look at what was really driving all of that was fear. Yeah. Fear of like, are my kids okay? Um, Do they have more fun with him? Like, am I, do they love me? Am I a good enough mom? Right. It's like the fear drives all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it sure did. So what do we what do we do in that moment when our emotions get in the way of us helping our kids with their emotions? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, um, I would say it's the same thing with our kids, like the name it to tame it piece. Mm. There's a part of me that's showing up right now that wants to ask all of these questions. And instead, what's going to happen is I'm going to sit here and be kind and listen and connect well, right? So we have to always really think about like, what's, can we be curious? We go back to that curious, not furious. Can I be curious about what's happening me with me? And can I be curious what's happening with my child, right? And if I'm feeling any anger at all or any resentment or bitterness, likely that's a fear. And so what I would encourage the moms to do is, is to actually close their eyes, name what's happening, right? I'm fearful that they're going to love their dad more than me or have more fun with their dad than me. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Jesus to come meet with that big feeling. And I even have moms that like hand that over. Jesus, this is too big for me. I'm feeling some resentment. I'm feeling some fear. I'm feeling some bitterness. I'm feeling some like not being enough. And so I, can you please come and hold this and take this from me? Because this Mm. is too much for me. 
and and women and moms visualize doing that, and it's very. Um, I've never known Jesus not to show up. He's yes. so gracious. Yes. Yeah. I love that you said that, moms, because Amber has just brought in the most important part of this whole equation for you, and that's why God has brought you to this podcast right now for this moment is for you. It is for you, and it is for you to know that God has a mat in front of his throne that says, welcome, and he wants you to go there. He wants you to go there with your child. He wants you to go there when you don't know what to do. He wants you to go there when you can't even recognize your own emotion. He will help you decipher it. He he is your helper. And it's what we do here to rise single moms, to point single moms to the ultimate helper that wants to help you in this season. So, Amber, thank you for bringing mm-hmm. that into the conversation. I think that's so great. I, I, I love that. I want to talk a minute to the single mom who their kids may be grown or they're, or, you know, they've passed through the, you know, the, the uh, middle school and their upper high school and they look back and they feel like they have blown it after mm-hmm. hearing this podcast. I'm always sensitive to that, to moms that listen, yeah. that go, in, instead of leaving the podcast encouraged, they feel more like a failure. Do you know what I'm saying? So I want to address the mom who feels like it's too late. She didn't do these, do these things. She mm-hmm. blew it, whatever. Would you talk to her? Absolutely, because that's actually, you're looking at that mom. Okay. So when I first parented, I was very Mm performance-based and very much about being dismissive if my kids did not do the things that I thought they should be doing and the way they should be doing them, right? And so when I moved over to this more connected style of parenting, I look back and think years and years and years of how I missed connection and I missed fun and ways that I brought shame instead of comfort and healing to um, my, my children. So what I would say is you don't know what you know until you know it, and it takes time to apply And the other thing is that I love is that you can go to your kid. It doesn't matter how old they are, right? And you can say, hey, you know what? Um, There were some things I did not know, and I am so sorry that I did not know, and there's some things I wish I would have done differently, and can we talk about this? And sometimes you can be really brave with the older kids and say, you know, what what is one of my biggest parenting fails? And then they can tell you. Right. So I went to my child one time and said, what is my biggest parent? One of my biggest parenting fails. And he said, you are horrible with like allowing me to do the thing that I loved, which was play video games. You were so strict and you were so mean about that. And I said, buddy, that must have been so hard because it was so important so to you. you. Identified his identified feeling. it. Yeah. So I leaned into the pain instead of getting defensive. I said, I can see where that would be really hard. Yeah. It makes so much sense that you would be upset about that because yeah. everybody else around you got to do it. Right. And so I'm so sorry. I, you know, and they're so gracious. You know, they're so gracious and loving and forgiving, and they want things to be right with you. And so when you acknowledge, it's one of the things, it's okay for you to acknowledge that you blew something in the moment or later and apologize. Because what we know is that healthy, safe people make mistakes, but also try to go make a repair. Mm. It's never too late for a repair. I love that. And and I can tell you this, the truth, that your kids are so, that they, they are so forgiving, even as you know, as your kids get old, they're so forgiving. And you'll discover in many cases that when you say those things, they'll be like, oh, you know, but mom, you mm-hmm. you know, they may say positive things back to you too that you yes. weren't even aware of. Yes. So I love that to make amends to them in that way. You know, I think back on um, things you've said, I just wish I'd had a pen and written them all down. I will go back and listen to this 
podcast, Amber, and write them all down. But you've said you don't know what you know till you know it. Be curious, not furious. Set, I'm getting see that the on need, shirt. Meet the need. <laughs> name it to tame it. I mean, people, did I not tell you she that I listen when she talks? Apparently you do too because you're yeah. still listening right now. Yeah. But, um, uh, goodness, Amber, um, or Mel, do you have anything to say to her before well, I ask you more questions? Well, I wanted to questions? ask you a question, Amber, that okay. we did not prepare you for. Is okay. that okay? Absolutely. Okay, and if it's not good, then we'll just oh, cut, it just like cut it out. Um, I just I was at a group last night with a group of single moms, and afterwards we were all talking, trying to help one get like work through something. And um, she said, is, "Is this healthy? What I'm doing?" And we were all kind of going back and forth. So I thought I would ask an expert since okay. I have you in here for free. Um, <laughs> You know, I remember I would always tell people uh, in regards to their ex, like their child's father, or whatever, that you don't have to prove that he's a bad dad. Yes. He can do that on his own. Yes. Or you don't have to prove that he's a good dad. He can do that on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just takes this, all these things. But one of the things we were processing is if a child is expressing their feelings about the other parent and they're negative Mm -hmm. as a mom with integrity and a mom that is trying to raise a healthy emotional child. What do we do in that moment when they're expressing this negative and it could be true. I always feel this, you know, you just don't know what to do. Do I agree with you? Do I share things as well like Mm -hmm. it's an awkward place to be absolutely and that makes so much sense that it would be right because you have big feelings about likely about this other person so what i would say is that first of all we're gonna like thank our kids for sharing right thank you so much for using your words and letting me know how you feel so we're just like validating again Mm -hmm. their feeling and that it's okay to talk to us and then it goes back to that piece of what do you need and how can i help you because some kids will tell their parents something and they'll jump on the bandwagon and then make them feel 10 times worse right and remember our kids are 50% of each of us, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you're saying that about this person, it must mean that might mean that about me as well. So we're really careful to not say things in addition to what they're they're saying, even though it's extremely tempting because that door is open and you're like, ooh, I can get in this mm-hmm. right now and I can really Well, you tell think them, that's yeah, bad. Let yeah, me tell you to, this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to what's happening. Yeah. So so we're going to be really careful to, to not do that. And it's just that whole of like holding space. And I had a, a mom come in the other day and she said her kids were sharing some really hard things about what, what their dad was saying to them and being really unkind. And so she said, and then... And, and then when I go back and I, you know, say say to him, look, the kids complained about such X, Y, Z, she was like, then what happens is, is then it actually comes back even harder on my kids the next time they visit. Right. And so that's when I go back to that, what do you need? How can I help you? Is this something you want me to say, like negotiate with you or like, like I can help you negotiate these pieces with this other parent? Or is this something you just need me to listen and... What do you need and how can I help you, right? Okay. How can you, how can I help you feel safe? How can I help you feel seen, heard, and valued? Like, what do you need? And so it's just going back to that place of like, take yourself out of the equation, right? Right. Your, your kid's hurting. They're in front of you. What do they need from you at that moment? Mm. I Thank do, you. That I was do very good. It. Did you get the answer you needed? What do you need and how can I help you? Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> what do you need and how can I help you? I and, do love that. Amber, as we close, is there anything else that you would like to say to our single moms? Yes. Okay. I was thinking about this because I thought, oh my goodness, there's so much, so much I want to say, but here's what I will say to you. If you don't take anything else from this podcast, right? If you like walk away and you're like, I, there's so many things she said, I don't even know where to start. Number one is, is that if you can stay calm, when your child is in distress and meet their needs, that's going to like take you so far relationally. And the other thing is, is to delight in your child's preciousness. 
Mm-hmm. Right? We are a very performance-driven society, and our kids often feel bad about themselves because they're not meeting those expectations. And so what we want is think about the way that we delight with babies, delight in their preciousness. They don't do anything but, like, cry and, like, <laughs> drool and all the things, yeah. right? But we delight in their preciousness. Yeah. And the other thing is we stay calm, right, and meet needs. And so we go back. That's the best thing that you can do for your kids um, to, to help them with regulation and feeling safe and feeling seen. That's Stay calm. And, and that we've talked about this before, Pam, that all of us have a different journey to get to calm. For me, I have to just like walk away, Mm -hmm. literally go for a little walk. And then I'm a completely new person by the time I get back. I'm like, Oh goodness. And I am so thankful that I did that. So I don't know, Pam, what do you need to do where you're on that verge of I'm about to snap? Mm -hmm. Do you have something that you do that calms you? You know, I usually just, believe it or not, I just say a quick arrow prayer. I mean, I'm not trying to be holy or anything, but yeah. truly, sometimes I'm like, okay, Lord, help me, just immediately, and then I'll just be quiet. I just won't have anything to say. So, yeah. you know, or walk away or shoot up an arrow prayer real quick or, you know, uh, there's probably a lot of ways to just nip it real quick. Yeah. But that's that's a good part. An arrow like prayer. It. You're uh, so holy. I'm out prayer. walking uh, and, like, mumbling under my breath. <laughs> like kids, and Pam's just praying, and then well, she's fine. But I said a quick one, you know, what? long it won't be long (laughs) thank you amber these nuggets are incredible fabulous fabulous. moms we just want to remind you that maybe you have big emotions and feelings and so do your kids but god is bigger than all of these things and emotions and feelings are just a part of being human so it is our prayer for you that you are a treasure hunter that you are seeking out your children's feelings and discovering what is true and valuable and what is not and know that we are here for you along that journey so we are praying for you in big emotional ways 